This is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Yes, we're back and we're talking about original thinkers. I'll be your host tonight, Gavin McGough. Uh, we're a bit early as the festival is a month away, but there's much to cover as uh, the event is evolving this year, growing in some ways, um, and it'll be here before we know it. And uh, yeah, I'd like to introduce our guest for the hour. Uh, it's going to be Mr. David Holbrook. Mr. Let's make sure we keep uh, that Mr. Founder and ringleader of the Original Thinkers Festival is how he signs his emails. Yep. Uh, he's a documentarian, a film producer, a curator, um, a father. Maybe I'd be remiss to not say that. Husband. Uh, husband. And much else. Uh, what, much what can else. you? What else can? What else can you tell us about your background? Well. Hey, it's been fun. I just came back from Burning Man, so I, I also could add Burner to the list, which is Burner. humorous. And uh, and so I, I left Friday right before the storm, which was exciting. And the storm was coming in. There was this new bit of precipitation I'd never seen that I call them calling mudane, which was this mix of rain pellets in the air, raindrops in the air, wind taking those rain and meeting the dust, creating these crazy things. So Sarah's just getting out now. And she's still there. And a lot of Telluride folks. I saw so many people from Telluride uh, at Burning Mountain. So that's that's another addition. But now uh, it's full focus on original thinkers. Yeah, I'm afraid that now we've dropped Burning Man. We're, we'll only get questions about that. Hey, we're happy to answer. It's the source of, uh, you wow. know, it's the media, the media <laughs> thing at the moment. Um, but it seems like everyone's doing okay, and they'll come back, um, chock a block full of stories, much like yourself. So yeah, for sure. And I kept talking to, every time I talked to Sarah. She's like, "Oh, we're just hanging out, watching a movie. Oh, we're the doing this." There was never any like, you know, when it first started. She's like, "It looks a little like the end days around here," but but uh, she seemed, you know, we downloaded a movie. She'd say with exclamation marks, <laughs> you know. So she's doing fine, and and everybody else really seemed to be handling it well. And and again, what a what a nice Telluride community of people who. Uh, who venture that way. All right, listeners, whatever your curiosity might be this evening, give us a call 970-728-4333 to discuss the Original Thinkers Festival. Um, and yeah, to kick us off, this is kind of um, entering its sixth year or so. It's going to be sixth six festival. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've been consistent s- since 2018, in th- including through the pandemic. Uh-huh. And um, touching on the ethos kind of of the festival, I'm sure most listeners are familiar, but just making reference to its roots, um, how has this festival come into being? I, I think it's curiosity meeting gathering, <clears throat> saying, okay, wait, let's, let's get together, curious, smart, engaged people who are pay att- paying attention to what's happening in the world, trying to have their own positive impact on it. and and try and, and cook up something different, try and cook, cook up something fresh and bring people here. What, what I'm so focused on people, this is a, this is a you know, human-powered p- intelligence, you know, and all the artificial intelligence is real, but we're more interested in emotional intelligence, human-powered. What, what can we do to figure out this world in a bunch of ways? And so everybody who comes in here comes with a story, with their own story, and with their own story, it's infused with a big idea. I talk about it all the time, of, of that's how we're approaching ideas. TED, technology, um, what was engineering and design, very different approach. And, and respect, Aspen Ideas, totally different approach. And, and again, mad respect for, for both of those entities. But for what we're trying to do is really more in our stories and who we are as humans and you know, extremely humanist. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about um, sort of your own background as it led to conceiving of an ideas festival that was story and human focused. Where did that uh, sort of come from, or was it maybe a Telluride thing that brought it out? What was it? Yeah, it, w- it was all of it. <clears throat> you know, all of it, and, and it's sort of a weird summation and weird being operative of, of who I am, of, of what of a life I've been fortunate to live. And <clears throat> you know, I worked in television, and the th- stories that were exciting were to find people who were doing something different. You know, whoever they were. And then I worked in film. And I started making films, and and actually, uh, OriginalThinkers.com. I bought in about two thousand four. 
and I looked at it as a film series. So I was just in that space of looking for people who I thought had something to say and giving them a platform that was at that time filming. Then I get into Mountain Film in 2008, do a decade there, and say, wait, festivals, and, you know, this is cool. I like this gathering, and I like... You know, for lack of a word, being a ringleader, a ringmaster, an impresario, an MC, a host. You know, I like bringing people together, and, and I trust my sense of curation. I trust what I f when I feel something about something I'm watching. I believe that's worthwhile for other people to see, and and that that meeting between <coughs> artist or creator or whomever, an audience and engaged citizen of the world, with me working original thinkers in between pretty damn cool you know that's that's the space that's what i'm trying to create yeah um will you take us a bit into the background of this 2023's festival a lot of background Gavin. yeah you know a lot of background <laughs> yeah and it's a weird thing that's happened to me i've had a, a bizarre summer where i was heading for surgery I, I i had real issues with my feet and more than so many of you might be listening have heard me have seen these pictures it, it's been a crazy year and basically i went to cedar sinai in la was supposed to have surgery scheduled for tomorrow by the way everybody on one foot and then a couple in two months on the other foot it was going to wreck ski season was probably going to wreck a whole lot of my life and and so i just there was no way i was going to be able to have surgery tomorrow and do a festival in a month i knew that on crutches i'd just be miserable and i need a lot of energy to do what i do and so i just put the festival in pause and wrote a long e-blast to original thinkers email saying hey i can't do it this year what a bummer this is what's going on but we're going to do virtual and this stuff and then a friend of mine told me this summer about a friend of hers i told her about the surgery situation she said maybe you don't have to have surgery and i said what are you talking about I have the surgery tomorrow just so i could start recovering and she said no why don't you um see a friend of mine who has a place in venice california that was a healer and, and she explained kind of what she does but it was pretty vague i met with the woman on the on the zoom she looked at my feet and said i can fix him come out here and immerse in la for two weeks so i did i was lucky to stay with a friend's a friend's place in venice and i just went there every day in this beautiful place called the garden it's don't bother looking for a website there isn't one i did and i looked up her name and tried to figure it out and so anyway in the course of the first first appointment or first session with her she unbent both my feet she had more work to do and i was there for two weeks and was intense beautiful profound painful work but it was really shifted so much in me both most importantly dodging a surgery a pair of surgeries that have been <coughs> huge and two giving me a uh, you know a life force back that was diminishing and because I was in it, I didn't really see it. And I realized how scared I was about the surgery and realized how depressed I was that I couldn't do my work. Like my whole life was on a holding pattern all summer until, well, not all summer, half the summer. And then all of a sudden it was lit on fire in this beautiful way. And I've, you know, been really, really blessed to have this experience. And then I said, okay, original thinkers, let's do this. You know, I could put it back together. And, and to be honest, like I'm, I'm catching up the festival. There's so much to do. I've got a crazy month ahead. Um, it's really small festival. There's a lot of going on, but it's going to be rad. And putting this on has been really exciting. And, and we'll have a couple of guests calling in. I'm really excited that Lisa, that's the woman, the healer who I worked with. And what she did was basically Rolfing, uh, structural reintegration, craniosacral, Reiki, various modalities like that. Definitely um, alternative therapy, uh, acupuncture, chiropractor, like all this stuff that's not in the standard Cedar sinai playbook, and it was great. She's going to come here as one of our guests, and she's an amazing, amazing woman, <clears throat> a remarkable healer. We're going to do a healer happy hour. She's going to speak about what she's doing. She's going to do some energy work, and, and I'm really excited for people here to meet her, and, and this is what's been fascinating. It's weird to talk about my own feet. Like, it's been embarrassing, you know, <laughs> but it's... But one, people love a medical miracle, and this to me is. Um, and two, the thing that's extraordinary, as I've shared this in our e-blast or on the street or with friends, how many of the people that I talk to are in pain? Are in pain. You know, something that's just a regular thing of their lives. And, and I'm 58, I just turned 58. That age, there's a whole lot of creakiness. We're outdoor athletes here. <coughs> We've taken a lot of tumbles that a lot of other people might, don't, might not. 
and people are in pain. And so understanding that a little better and hearing these stories has been really powerful. And, and I'm hoping that, that her visit here can help with some of that and she wants to teach and do energy work and like I said I want to gather all the wonderful healers we have in this area of of acupuncturists MDs all these folks and say hey let's have a conversation about healing here so so that's a big background but but it's uh it's been real and it's been a weird personal story that I just never expected to be sharing with anybody but here I am right what uh, kind of in your memory doing a quick uh, memory tour of original thinkers in the past um, what are some standout themes and would you say that um, this festival as it's coming together is going to have uh, some standout themes of its own it sounds like healing is going to be up there healing yeah, yeah it's, it's a real part of it and, and I and I think yeah I it, it, we always come back to resilience and healing and resilience are inextricably linked you know and I see that going through the festival again and again <clears throat> everybody who's coming out is deeply resilient in some way and also working on healing themselves healing others and and you know we're going to lean into this a lot not only with with Lisa who worked in me but um we have some other guests we'll meet later who are working on a bunch of different cool modalities. It's a word I've been using a lot as modalities because it seems to cover so much of, of, we have a guy who's doing this beautiful stereo Zendo, which is a guided DJ meditation. Um, I'm trying to get this beautiful, this wild chair that I did at Burning Man called Shift Wave. We have a sound healing. We have um, a lot of different things going on in this space that I think is, is you know, we're thinking, but we're also going internal in a way, and and I think that's important, and that's a real part of original thinkers. So I, I'm not exactly answering your question, but but I feel with this, it's a deep dive, and and certainly into into healing, self care, and, and the sense of you know, it's all these challenges. We got to be healthy to do it. Mm-hmm. You know. <clears throat> um, I'm also wondering, you know, the festival and your um, professional background for kind of the years before it were rooted in documentaries. Yeah. Um, you know, making it, cur- curating those, um, producing those, directing those. Uh, that's been the traditional basis of original thinkers in the past. Um, does this festival feel different? How is it straying and how is it staying true to that oh. work and that spirit? Uh, quickly, while you mentioned documentaries, thank you, the Telluride Film Festival for all the great documentaries. So fun to see Jimmy Chin and Matt Heineman and Jesse Moss, all people who are at Mountain Film here for TFF and a bunch of others. Like I, I went to a, a lot of great docs so, and, and other films as well. So yeah, look, we're going to have three nights of films. So let, let me structure the festival real quick. And Thursday, Friday, Saturday is going to be Telluride Arts. And we're going to have stuff during the day. We're going to have talks. We're going to have sessions. We're going to have wellness stuff. And then we're going to have in the evening films each night. Friday night is a terrific feature called A Revolution on Canvas <clears throat> about an Iranian painter named Nikki Najumi, who's just terrific and, and lived through the Shah years, but as well the the regime, the um, Ayatollah and, and fascinating story really well told by his daughter. And I have a soft spot for films made um, by, about parents by their children. Night of Shorts, Friday night, really great shorts, terrific, like four or five different short films. And Saturday night, we're playing this beautiful film called Eternal Memory, which is just every one of everybody's favorite documentaries of the year. I think it premiered at Sundance, and it's a film about, from Chile about this couple, and he's older and he's losing his memory. And nothing says fun on a Saturday night for original thinkers, a film about Alzheimer's. I say that jokingly, but it's real because there's such beauty and, and, and thought about how they're approaching memory in this. And it's a really beautiful, touching, inspirational film. And also has this deep well of history and Chile- Chilean history, like Iranian history, is wildly complicated. And so that's a beautiful film. And then we've got um, Jane Ferguson, who's going to call in at any minute, who's been the festival before. So she'll be there, a bunch of other guests. Then on... on Saturday night will be our last night in Telluride. Sunday, we're going to move the festival down to Camp Fee in Natarita. Natalie Binder is a great friend and really excited to work with her. And uh, cool, Jane's about to call. 
Um, and we're going to move the festival down there. We'll show movies at night. We'll do guided stuff. We'll do hikes. We'll get... It's, in Natarita, I'm saying, it's sort of where wellness meets weirdness, which I just amuses me to no end and and i think that's right like you know if i hadn't said if i had said to myself i'm only going to accept the traditional cedar sinai approach to healthcare, you know we wouldn't be sitting here now so like and i had to get weird to do it i had to be like accept that i had to to you know go to a place i'd never really gone and and it worked jane calling in soon um so yeah that's kind of the layout of the festival and and <clears throat> movies talks experiences and gatherings we'll have beautiful parties we'll have something at bruno we'll work with the bookstore and telluride arts is such a great space and and some other stuff we'll, we're cooking up but the important things thursday friday saturday fifth sixth seventh telluride sunday monday tuesday eighth ninth tenth and natarita we're going to sell full festival passes we'll sell telluride passes natarita passes and we'll also sell some day passes, day tickets if we're not sold out. There you go. A lot a, of ground right there. A lot of, a lot of ground. Um, a lay of the land for OT, including some West End terrain, which is new for the festival and quite exciting. Um, Jane Ferguson, who is a war correspondent and a festival guest this year, uh, recently a memoirist, though for a long time a published writer, of course, um, Anyway, she'll be calling in, so stick with us. We're going to um, kick up some music. Uh, until then, this is uh, some work from Bridget Kalin. If you're oh, yes. an original thinkers I you have um, heard from uh, Bridget before. So anyway, we'll be back. Give us a call. Although, not right now, because Jane's calling. But yeah, stay tuned. Hard times come and hard times go The hardest things to understand are the new unknown Hello, you're live on Kodo. Hello, how you doing? Oh, good. Is this uh, Jane Ferguson? It sure is. All right, welcome. Um, we can hear you. It's David and I in studio, and thanks for giving us a call. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to your visit and Telluride. Um, thank you. Jane, thank you for stepping out. Jane's teaching at Princeton. Um, she stepped out of a dinner, a very fancy dinner with other faculty to come on. And Jane, <laughs> Gavin is the host of this show. He's the one who's the other voice you hear. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and for our listeners in Telluride, maybe I'll just give a quick, uh, should I give an intro here? Um, so as I said before, Jane Ferguson's a war correspondent primarily, uh, sounds like a professor now, um, and is author of No Ordinary Assignment. Um, Ferguson moved to Yemen to study Arabic post-college um, and stayed on in the region working in Northern Africa and the Middle East, covered the Syrian Civil War, Worked with PBS, The New Yorker. Uh, and, wow. And she's at a party, Princeton. And, uh, no, no, I, you know what I'm doing? I'm walking down the main street here, and it is the first week of the entire academic year. I'm just here for one semester. I'm still a journalist. I'm just, I'm just a, a sort of pretend temporary professor. But uh, you know, it's, it's that start of the year where students are walking around in enormous groups. Well, we, lo <laughs> just we love friends. to hear the ambient sound of, <laughs> of, of New York. It's not often that we get to pipe that in, um, but it has the kind of effervescence of a festival atmosphere. So there we go. Um, it's nice here. Can I just add quickly to her, as you can hear for a little bit from her accent, Jane grew up in Northern Ireland, which really <clears throat> formed a lot of her vision of how she's worked. The book's terrific, and she's going to be out at Original Thinkers talking about the work and she's been here before some of you met her and and we had her jane i think you came here in 2018 and 20 i did 21. 2018 and then 2021 um yeah. yeah i mean it seems like i every time i show up at original thinkers i've just come back from some extraordinary assignment 2018 i just finished covering the war in yemen and uh, the famine there and you reached out to me and we hadn't connected for about five years and I was so honored to come and, and talk to people and meet them there. And then in 2021, um, I had just come back from Afghanistan, um, where the country had fallen to the Taliban, or I've been reporting for PBS. 
and the New Yorker, and that's where you and I met, David. And yeah. you said, "Hey, come back down to uh, to, to uh, Original Thinkers," and um, and so it's been it's been a really great to to come back repeatedly over the years. Oh, it's been such a pleasure having you. You've brought so much, and and I think for this. Uh, I, I, we haven't figured out, Jane, we actually have to get on the phone to talk about the specifics, but it's really about giving us sort of your perspective on this work, right? I mean, that's what the book is yeah. so much about, but your own narrative runs so deeply through it. The book is really, you know, it's pretty terrifying to put it out into the world. It's, a, it's an incredibly personal uh, explanation of what kind of, what makes a person want to do war reporting and conflict reporting and go into major crises and humanitarian crises and do this kind of work and a lot of the book ends up focusing on what it what it takes from you you know what it what it does to you as, as a person and um so yeah I'm, I'm really keen to reflect on that i think i think a lot of fellow journalists were kind of shocked <laughs> those are people who've known me for years were shocked to read it and think wow you've really shared an enormous amount um and i think you know it's just been it's it, it's been very cathartic to write and the response has been remarkable. I've been incredibly lucky. Um, but, you know, it's the kind of meaningful conversations that we have at Original Thinkers where, you know, I would have these sorts of conversations with you over the years, but, but I had never really put anything like this down in writing before. So I'm looking forward to digging into it with you. And uh, if I may, what, what was it like to um, sort of write, uh, transition out of a reporting and write in a different sort of way, write in a way that had sort of a longer arc to it? Um, sure. It's a good question because it is, it's so um, counterintuitive to a reporter to write about yourself, you know, to write about your own life, to write about your own experiences as opposed to, you know, so much of what, what we do in the field is just, you know, focusing on, you know, quite rightly, the people that we're reporting on. And, um, for me to go back and walk through these corridors of my mind and my memory was a really sort of remarkable experience. Um, a lot of it was allowing myself to feel things that maybe I hadn't really allowed myself to feel in the field. Uh, you know, as you compartmentalize, as you focus, as you just try to do your job. But what was most extraordinary for me personally was connecting the dots backwards, you know, looking at your life and seeing how it unfolded is quite remarkable. You know, looking at your younger self almost in the third person, you know, like like as a separate person um, and watching that girl grow up and learn and fall and get back up and, and be very hard on herself was, was something that was fascinating to do. Um, it's really amazing. I, I stowed away in a, in a library all of last summer um, and, and really just, just focused on, on, on doing this and walking through those corridors of my mind and going back to a lot of the a lot of the places I've been in, um, and it's 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 been astonishing to, to 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 really discover how much of your visceral memory is still there. Right. Uh, whenever you've done some, you know, reporting from places where it's been pretty extraordinary. And did you? How do you act? Do you keep a journal? How did you access that memory, or was it just sort of I, the work of remembering? I do keep a journal. I've been it, but only since only really in the last six seven years. I've been a very, very keen journal keeper. Um, but it's pretty amazing the, the, the means that we have these days. I mean, look at our iPhones, and we, we have photographs that, are, that have, you know, uh, biodata, the, the, the date where it was taken, uh, old emails, Facebook updates, texts from people. It's really amazing how much of our life we've actually documented, in, you know, indirectly or, you know, unintentionally over the years that was really helpful and it's pretty because on the one hand our memories are so fascinating and so spotty i might have an extraordinarily visceral detailed memory of a specific interview i did 12 years ago but i may not remember whether i did two trips to somalia in you know that year eight years ago or whether mm -hmm. that was three so be the ability to go back through old emails, even checking flight, you know, you know flight bookings and things like that are, are, are all, that's all incredibly helpful. Hmm. Wow. Like a sort of database of your life with, with feelings and thoughts and experiences. Yeah. And what's important as well, um, a decision I made very early on when I started writing is that I would always write from the viewpoint of me at that age. You know, hmm. I don't want to write, you know, how 
older, late 30s me looked back on all those choices in my 20s and teens. And I wanted to, to narrate the story from the age of a seven-year-old growing up in the Troubles in, in Northern Ireland and seeing checkpoints and bombs and being told we can't talk about these things and we can't talk about these things. And, and hearing about violence, but trying to understand what's secret and what's not, um, you know, telling that from the perspective of a seven-year-old and then, you know, telling, you know, watching the first Gulf War or the war in the Balkans on the television from the perspective of a 12-year-old um, and those early career years. I think that mattered to me that I, that I could sort of tap into who I was then and speak from her voice. From your... Um from your prior two stops at Original Thinkers, do you have any um, kind of standout memories or experiences? I do. I mean, I have a lot. I, one thing I loved about the festival is how it's constantly dotted with beautiful music. You know, I remember when I went in 2021, I'd been, I'd been pretty exhausted. And, and I think when David saw me, I was pretty frazzled and I hadn't really unwound from... from like three unbelievably intense trips to Afghanistan that year so far. And, you know, listening to like bluegrass music on rooftops, dancing off the mountainside while we're still in between these remarkably deep and important conversations and cultural experiences and, and films and, and debates and, and talks, just being able to listen to music like that just really unwound my soul. Um, and the first year that I went, I went up the Via Ferrata. And yes. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'm spending my leisure time clinging to the side of a mountain. But it was worth it because the views were spectacular. <laughs> Even though the altitude actually made me throw up on that trip, huh. it was wonderful. <laughs> She's coming back. I, uh, I did the Via yesterday, Jane, with Matt Heineman. No way! Yeah, Matt was oh, here with us, John. Amazing, and I'm glad to hear that he did that. That's wonderful. Yeah, he and he and Lexi and I did. It was so much fun, and and he's he had a, a film about John Batiste here, a Telluride That's Film right. Festival. I have seen that film, <clears throat> and it is excellent. Yeah, exactly. So it was great fun to do him. And, and Matt Heineman, who's a filmmaker, a terrific documentarian, Jane and I are working on a project together that we've been pitching about the root yep. causes of war that that were. Um, is it not an easy lift, but a, but a really, Im to us, important and, and, and essential thing to understand? Really important. Um, it's very exciting that the three of us are having these, these sort of, of, of creative ideas together. I, I think it's, it's pretty exciting, given like his experience in filmmaking, your experience over the years, when I mean, you and I met in Afghanistan, so... Mm. The idea that the three of us could come together and, and put together filmmaking like that is, is very exciting. Quickly, Jane, we also, I saw Hollywood Gate here. Do you know this film? No, I don't. It's amazing. You, you have to see it. It's um, a filmmaker, an Egyptian documentarian, got access to the Taliban, to a commander and to, a, to a, an officer. And had, uh -huh. had not total access, but a lot of access to, and it's the most... There, you are there with the Taliban in all these different places, including the scenes where the other Talib are saying to the, to the, com to the um, commander, why is he allowed to film? Isn't this dangerous? And the commander says, well, if we don't like it, if he lies to us, we'll kill him. You know, they're having this wow. conversation while the, while the filmmaker is filming, and he gets all this access, and it's the most uh, sort of in-depth look, literally look, at what's happening in Afghanistan now that I've seen. That's amazing. I, I very much look, look forward to seeing that. Yeah. I mean, the situation there is so changeable, and trying to get into the minds of the Taliban, I mean, even after all these years, that's, that's still worth trying to figure out. That's, that's, that sounds incredible. And, and we'll talk a little bit about where Afghanistan is now, but can you just share with, with this audience uh, your take on, on people you know there or, or what's happening to people you know that got out? Share some insight into your own Afghanistan experience. You know, a lot of the coverage has, has sort of died away. You know, there's a lot of coverage of politics right now, of the war in Ukraine. Quite rightly, these are really, really big, important uh, conversations and topics. But, but the fight still goes on for Afghan women. You know, I mean, there are millions of Afghan women who are not going to unlearn what they have learned. They are literate. They are educated. They are not about to go back into their houses and sit down and be quiet. So there are... There's an alliance between women who have been left behind and women who are out in the world. I just 
today I was responding to, to Afghan female journalists who are exiled in the United States right now who are setting up magazines, setting up online resources. The Taliban can't get women offline. They don't have the technology, they don't have the wherewithal or the manpower. And the ability to keep women learning, I think, is going to grow and grow as a thorn in their side, learning from home, learning online, getting them books. You know, it's, it's, they can't uneducate these women, and therefore they can't really stop them continuing to educate themselves. So I think that is an untold story right now, and it's one that's growing, and, and it's one that gives me some semblance of hope uh, in, a, in an otherwise pretty hopeless situation. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Uh, all right. Well, I, I think we want to respect your time, um, Jane, and and I know that you know we've j- definitely tipped off some icebergs that hopefully listeners will come back for when you're in town in the next uh, month or so. Um, I guess one last question we could ask for you on the way out is we were talking about sort of themes for original thinkers, um, ways that the, the topics it takes up evolve over the years. Um, resilience has been a long-term one. Um, healing seems like it's going to be a big theme this year. Is there anything that you've been chewing on in your own life, professional work, um, that you feel like you'll be bringing to the festival? I think there's certain, it's interesting, I've been having these conversations with so many people in a sort of quote-unquote post-COVID world, whatever that is, it's not quite post-COVID, but, but we're all changed. And I think that reinvention, you know, pivot, the amount of times I've used the word pivot in the last six months is, is unprecedented in my life. And everyone I speak to is looking at their life, their skills, their values, uh, their their the things they love, and I think people are trying to recreate, reimagine, redesign their lives and careers around those things. Um, I definitely think those are conversations I'm really drawn to. Uh, things like original thinkers. You know, how can one who you know ten years ago thought their life and career would go in this way now might like to change things, might like to do something differently, um, redesign. Uh, how it is they bring their skills and, and drive and work ethic into the world and what they might be doing to make the world a better place. Um, that Those are the conversations that I'm really looking forward to. Excellent. Well, we are looking forward to the same. Um, thank you for calling us. Is there anything else you want to you wanna add before you sign off? Uh, no, just like I cannot wait to get out of the, the current sort of sweaty heat wave of, of, of the wow. East Coast and get to the beautiful, clear mm-hmm. mountain air. I just cannot wait. Hey, we can get back on the Via Ferrata. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Jane. You rock. All right, thanks, thanks guys. Jane. Bye. Bye. Back into the faculty dinner. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, should we finish up our, uh, see if we can find Bridget Kalen in this? Yeah, sure. That didn't sound like her earlier, by the way. You know, so this is going to be... That's a Louisville thing? This is Lift Up Louisville. Uh, Bridget is from the Midwest, so... From Louisville. She Uh lives in Louisville. She actually... Elvis Costello... She played with Elvis Costello recently, who did like a residency in Louisville or something like that. She did a bunch of gigs. Said he was so professional, complete gentleman. Like, and I watched the clips of her plays. Like, and now Bridget Kalin, she do a little thing. She plays this saw, and she's a songwriter, but... I was so psyched that Elvis Costello, who I've been listening to since I, for 40 years, literally, was a good guy. <laughs> you know, I was just so relieved. Oh, we might have callers. We might have another caller. Uh, actually, that is the phone in the other room. Maybe oh. they're reporting a lost and found okay. item. Good. Uh, we'll, we'll get to you in a minute, caller. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, Brid- here's a taste of Bridget Kalin, who often works in ensemble uh, storytelling uh, you know, uh, improvisational raconteur, whatever you want to call it, um, setting. So we'll be right back with you. Uh, we're talking about original thinkers tonight on Off the Record. It's long until we can hold our loved ones close. It's only for now, it's not forever. to be whole when we work together 
with a little bit of music and the power of us We can lift each other up Ride live in Telluride once again. Wonderful, yeah. our beloved home away from home. Say hi to our friend and our host for the evening, Gavin. Gavin McGough, you've met who's a close, close friend of one Kitty Holbrook. Who you've met? Uh, oh, lovely. Hello, Gavin. Thank hi, you Gavin. for having us. Hello. Oh my gosh. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> and uh, for listeners, let me introduce. Um, Orfeo McCord and Rachel Kolar calling in from Ojai Valley. Um, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, another another one of the few east-west running hey, yeah. valleys on on the planet. There's not many of them, Pays so to be we, sunny. we have a connection to Telluride in that way. Siblings, siblings, um, and you know your work is very interdisciplinary so I won't even get too yeah. far into it but um, Orfeo you're a drummer I believe um, and you will be coming both of you are coming to the festival to talk about psychedelic work relationship work um, will you be coming to Telluride and Camp Fee? Yes, yes Camp Fee is yeah, a, a, another home away from home we, we love the community there and we'll for sure be, be coming out there to make a visit and sharing actually some of Orfeo's music as well out there. And, yeah. And these guys also have a long time connection here. Orfeo played with Ed Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros multiple times, right? Orfeo, several festivals. Oh, yeah. The Sheridan, right? Right, right. Bluegrass, the Ride Festival. We, the first show was at the Sheridan, awesome. I don't know, back in 2000, probably like 10 or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know when that was. Okay. That was my first experience with Ray Ride, yeah. I'm getting all these chills thinking of like the ten of you in that band on that little stage. Like I just how was, how awesome. It was a memorable show. And then Orfeo and his collaborators with Chromasonic, we worked together with the good people of Deep Creek Mind to put in Fluid State. Orfeo, just talk a little bit about that, would you? Yeah, Fluid State. So that's a part of um, a collaborative uh, project called Chromasonic where we uh, explore the relationship between sound and light and how they interrelate to each other. And um, we express this in one particular modality in the mind. We did an installation that uh, you know David invited us to, to do for Original Thinkers a few years back, and we took it as a great opportunity to explore this um, you know, these modalities that we, we are, uh, you know, you have been exploring. And, um, yeah, we did this installation in the mine, and it was a great success, and it's still up in the mine, and we're trying to figure a way with the folks who are running the Deep Creek, um, you know, how to open that to the public year-round. It's, it's a bit of a feat with, you know, permitting and all the logistics that go into 
opening up a space and the infrastructure and a mine for people to come into. But that is that is a hopeful trajectory for us. Yeah. Hopefully, all the folks at Telluride and visitors will be able to come and see this unique experience. And these guys have been here a bunch. They've skied a ton. And Rachel has family here. Say hi to your family here, Rachel. Hi, family. The great Ray, Natalie, and my peripheral family. I feel like that's the beauty of the uh, Telluride community, similar to Ojai, is friends become family quite quickly. <laughs> All right. Well, will you two um, just give us a little window into what you're bringing to Original Thinkers this year? Yeah, you know, what's so interesting about Orfeo and my marriage, which we've been together 13 years, we have two beautiful children, uh, we've been married eight years, um, and we've both had our own very unique, long-standing relationship to psychedelics, to, to drugs. And, um, and over the years, that relationship has changed into a place of being a participant to to a kind of maybe more evolved role, sharing in, in a way that um, that requires study and integrity and safety and um, and a lot of sort of deconstruction of systems. And, and one of the main systems that we adhere to as people who are, who are married is marriage. And um, you don't have to be married to be in a deep relationship. You have to be in a deep relationship to be in a deep relationship. And, um, and it's been just a fascinating exploration into what that means being, you know, I identify as a woman or Feo generally identifies as a man. We kind of explore feminine and masculine qualities within each other. And, um, and the nature of sort of the psychedelics as, as a tool for investigation is, is to go deep into the mystery, into the unknown. And so much of relationships is where we seek uh, predictability, comfort, knowledge, um, but over time, that can also be a place of stagnancy, of expectation, of uh, disappointment, you know? And so this, this beautiful process of life into death, into life, into death, into life, into death, that is intrinsic to psychedelics, we've invited that into our relationship, allowing things to be born and to die within the, the, the commitment of marriage. And we've, we've experienced some like very challenging moments and some beautiful triumphs and we love you know who we are as artists we love to share and so part of what we're doing here is sharing both of us are also students we're we're going into our final sort of semesters it's a three-year 1400 hour training program or fail will be earning a master's in integrative psychedelic therapy i'll be earning a phd in psychedelic studies our teachers down in South America also have very different ideas because of culture uh, around marriage and relationships. We've also learned a lot from our studies with them. They also have long-standing ties with these really extraordinary indigenous communities um, in places like the Amazon, in Wirakuta, in Mexico, uh, in Gabon, in um, in West Africa. And, um, and so learning from these different cultures, which oh, there's a lot of idolatry around indigeneity and having this proximity has also deconstructed a lot of that idolatry too so just observing how this this wonderful beautiful multivariant world and all of the people in it have very different ideas around relationships and we found the broader our scope of of how we see relationships is the healthier ours is and we find that has a lot to do with what happens in psychedelics you you broaden your understanding and your ability to see things from many different angles and a lot of them contradicting and paradoxical so sharing a little bit about that journey and how it's also brought us to a place of deep pleasure and pleasure being you know sexual but also very sensorial um, understanding being in the human body has been has been a gift of our psychedelic studies so a lot of that stuff some, some really interesting stuff in there yeah and an opportunity to kind of you know to go back to what Rachel was saying about its relationship to the mystery you know, through the, through the psychedelic experiences, you really have this opportunity to deepen your relationship with, you know, the mystery or, you know, what we like to call the non-narrative intelligence moving into these more non-dualistic, non-linear spaces and tuning into some sort of field of intelligence. And again, it's a non-narrative intelligence, so you can't really define it, but it is real. And the more that you are able to develop a practice using these medicines in, 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 in a very intentional way, in a very ceremonial way, um, you have an opportunity to uh, 
um, deepen that relationship to the mystery and create access points in in your more seemingly normal day to day, you know, experience and identity, and um, that that deepened relationship um, gets embodied not only in our marriage, but in the relationship with our children, relationship with our community, relationship with to friends. ourselves, and how we see ourselves in the world, you know? And the relationship with your friends. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, you come into this community, and and there's just a different depth to it, you know? And, and, and I've seen that, that beauty, and I've been really fortunate to know these guys <clears throat> for a while now but not that long but it seems like forever in a beautiful way and i also just want to add rachel did a terrific talk that we'll, we'll share at, at original thinkers two years ago about 5-meo dmt and and their exploration is going to places that i think is is extraordinary and yet rachel used the word earlier safe you know and and, and a deep study this isn't a party this isn't a disco this ain't no fooling around. Well, it is, though. Well, it's absolutely a celebration. I, I, I'll challenge you on that. Well, there sure. you go. Uh, but, I think but, both can come this, you know, and if but you think a of the word, it sounds a bit you think about the word uh, recreation, it's recreation. We're reimagining things. It's just, we have to be very careful with hedonism, which is right. also a necessary practice, but it's, we've lost its kind of ritual and ceremony as well, and it's kind of right. just bled out into all of society so it's it, it takes it, sometimes it does take a masterful hand for sure but i i i think a disco is always welcome at the ceremony <laughs> fair enough i stand corrected <laughs> um, but i'm psyched to have you guys back it'll be really nice to and you know you've had a lot of really deep touches with this festival yeah, I just I love what you do, David. I think I think that that's what's so beautiful about OT is, um, and it feels like a psychedelic festival, even though it doesn't necessarily claim to be one, because you're bringing in all of these different. It's like a fractal, you know. You're going out and then coming back into a shared singular point. Um, and I think it's so important to go out, to go out into all of these different disciplines and come back to what is the shared human experience is curiosity. And ideally, we're not curious to confirm our own narrative. We're curious for, for curious sake, which means to, to find the points of connection that are true. Wow. You, you know, so we've been discussing a little bit um, kind of themes that have uh, feel resonant this year for original thinkers. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting to hear you point out the word recreation as recreation because we were just speaking with Jane Ferguson, who was speaking about... Um, kind of feeling, thinking a lot about rebirth, thinking a lot about um, kind of that sort of recreative energy. Uh, we've also talked about resilience, healing, um, points of connection, all of these things. Uh, is there, are there any other kind of themes that are standing out for you in your work right now that you feel like you'll be bringing to OT this year? Yeah, for sure. Great question. Shadow work. I mm. think uh, I think this this community of people we call the United States has a very strong repressed shadow, and it's so unnecessary. The shadow is so wise, but um, it's you know it's a it's sometimes a complicated journey to to creating a friendship, a line of communication with our shadow. And I, through my own personal investigation and a ton of error and mistake and messiness. I think I've found some interesting ways of engaging the shadow that have also been inspired by many other people who have been on this path in pursuit as well. Um, some really interesting and actually simple techniques on how to engage the shadow so that we can actually hear the truth. So shadow work will definitely be in there. And there's so much shadow in, in relationships and marriage and commitment, especially from, you know, the, we, we have a sort of the landscape from which a lot of the, our, our traditional understanding of marriage was sort of unearthed from or born from is very puritanical. Um, so um, so there's, a, there's a lot of shadow and shade in there, and I think uh, inviting it to break bread at the table of our nature will be a part of what we kind of investigate in our, in our dialogue. Wow, there's so much there, and I feel relieved and excited that uh, it will be um, all coming back up for... Uh, further exploration um, at Original Thinkers. Oh, I'm so excited. We had Jane Ferguson on earlier talking to you guys. And, and you know, Gavin asked at the beginning, he's like, what is this about? I was like, it's about curiosity and gathering. 
You know, it's bringing yeah. those two together in the same way. You know, we're all curious people, and to be more curious, and to be, and then to share this. You know, and like you said, Rachel, that idea of the fractal and coming back in. So, so much, mm -hmm. so much power, importance in that. Well, that's why I love collaborating with you. You know, I'm very good at going out into the edges of, of, of consciousness, and you have this unbelievable ability, David, as you just did, to then distill it down to something where we can all, ga we can all gather around. You, you can create a hearth. You know, I got lots of fire, but I need a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's build that. That's exactly it. Right on. Yeah, and I'm excited. I'm I'm really using this time of us being out um, for Original Thinkers um, as the release date of an album that I recently completed called Deep Heaven Music for Ketamine Therapy, and it's um, an 80-minute album that um, I put a lot of care and intention so behind um, for folks to use um, uh, for ketamine journeys in a therapeutic environment, and you know whether that be at home. Or you know, at um, at a ketamine clinic, and um, you know, it's music is such an important part of guiding the experience with that particular medicine. And I um, really found uh, deep inspiration in making this album, so that it could it could be something that really could deepen that experience for folks with a medicine that I find to be very very therapeutic on on multiple levels for folks. So. Um, Oh, yeah, so, so excited about that. that. It'll release October 6th, Friday, October 6th, and I'm, I'm intentionally, intentionally releasing it that weekend for oh. that very reason. Oh, that's so cool. And we'll, we'll, we'll be doing events and parties around it and, and, and fill in some of the details. The other thing, what are you excited about doing, Orfea? We talked about it earlier this morning. Um, what did we talk about earlier? Oh, yes, Via Ferrada. Finally, finally, finally. Like, we, every time we're there, we're like, we got to do it, and then we're either there in the winter, and it's obviously not accessible. The last couple times we've been there in the fall, it's just the timing never worked, so we're like, we're hoping that that can happen this time. Weather yes. permitting, Gavin will guide you up. Yeah. Right on. That would be my first Via of the year, but, yeah, I would break it out for that. Yes. Right on. <laughs> Uh, you guys are so kind to call in. I know you shifted schedules and you're a soccer practice for your kids, but it means a lot to us. And, and thank you so much for sharing everything you can be doing here and, and, and all of it. We're, we're so grateful to uh, be a part of it. Yeah. Right on. All right. all right. Oh, thank you so much for calling in, and we'll, we'll chat soon. Okay. Right, Enjoy thanks. the evening. All right. Cheers. Bye, Zach. Love you guys. Bye. Well, there we go. How about that, huh? Yeah, I'm a little afraid that we've uh, teleported to the end of our hour here. We have teleported. <laughs> well, we just, we went to a lot of different places. We've gone to Somalia. We've gone to the outer edges of Rachel's consciousness. We've, yeah. you know, there's been a lot of, lot of, lot of ground. I'd love to get some details in. Yeah, let's put some points on the fractals. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is a is the festival. Like I said, Telluride Arts on uh, Main Street will be the will be the main theater. We're going to be using the other space. We're going to be doing stuff all day long. There'll be gatherings. There'll be all kinds of cool stuff, including conversations with the people. You've got to take the call, don't we? Conversations. Conversation comes first yes. here. So uh, yeah. Hey there, you're live on Kodo. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my hats off to David for taking this approach to. Uh, Complementary and alternative healthcare, or complementary and uh, integrative healthcare, is I think the term the National Institute of Health is now using and starting to fund, starting to fund that research. Um, you know, what can we do to make this a reality here in Telluride? What can we do to make Telluride a um, uh, internationally recognized place? of health, not just in our preventative health care, but also in our infrastructure and, and make that real. What, what can we do to do that? I'll, I'll take the answer off the air. Thank you. Hey, thanks for your call. Cool question. Wow, what a neat question. Thanks, caller. You know, not my specialty. Obviously, I've leaned hard into wellness and, and, and obviously a whole bunch of alternative, again, modalities, a word that, that they used. Um, but I think it's a great idea. I, I think, you know, 
there, there are people tell you I had science research center working some of this, but not in the way you're talking about. And, and I said it earlier, like I feel really lucky. I went to LA to to do this, and it was amazing. That being said, I think we're so lucky to have so many people in this valley who have worked with me in emergencies, not have prevented so much, and so many other people. And 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 what a lucky thing. How do we give structure to it? It's a great question. One of the things that Lisa, the, the woman I worked with in L.A., talks about a lot is how do we bring those two sides together? How does Cedar sinai and Lisa, who I refer to as, as the healer, how do they get closer? And and I, I talked to Cedar sinai I sent them my pictures, and w- which are very clear of what happened. And the surgeon left me this befuddled voicemail saying he didn't really know what to do. And, and if I wasn't 100% committed to the surgery, which I certainly wasn't since my feet were largely fixed, I didn't know what, you know, I, I, he didn't know how to respond. It was weird. But in my, in my movie, I was in L.A., of course, in Hollywood, and in my movie, I go pick him up in my car. He and his colleagues come out in their white coats. I drive them over to the garden where they have tea with the healer, and everybody gets along. Of course, that's not the reality of it. I think what I, what I'm ex- one of the things I'm most excited about Original Thinkers is doing what we're calling a healer's happy hour. And it's going to be at Bruno. It's going to be Friday, 5 to 7. That's the current schedule, and I think that will stick. Where Lisa will we'll do a little conversation, her and me. She'll explain a little, take some questions, then gather all these people that I know from terrific MDs to terrific massage therapists to to pts you know there's there's a lot of a lot of you i'm not one a lot of you all out there and you're so talented and again we're so lucky to have this in telluride how we formalize that i think that's a great question for another off the record and and could really be a fascinating thing to explore so thanks for putting it out there yeah yeah so quickly details because i know we're running out of time And, and again thank you for that great question uh, ticket prices are $150 for Telluride, $150 for Natarita. It includes some food. It'll include a full day. Um, you know, people may be just like, I want to come to the movies, and, and we'll price that accordingly. I'm hoping in Telluride, Telluride Arts only seats 70 people. It's not a big venue. It's cool, and I'm so psyched to work with those folks. And um, But, you know, if we have a ton of people... Uh, and you show up and you don't have a ticket and other people have a pass, they're going to get in first. And, and I hope people will just have this really nice community of everybody checking into a lot of the different stuff over the schedule. $150 in Natarita as well, which include a bunch of cool stuff, including movies, talks, guided meditations, guided hikes, bike rides. If you haven't been to Camp V, in and of itself, it's amazing. Early October should be like a beautiful time to be there we're always here in the mountains in the desert beholden to the weather as we found out in burning man last week or this past week <laughs> um but it's you know that's our pricing we're trying to make it affordable and i know you know and if, if somebody really wants to come and can't afford that we, we definitely volunteers are really helpful we'd also love to have you know we're bringing folks in and may need some help with lodging. So if people want to exchange lodging for pass, happy to do that. Also, the other thing we're doing that's different this year is it's a really hard thing to make a business. Like, we've never made money. It's not the right venue to talk about the finances, except to say that, you know, this is a small operation. What we're doing this year is working with the good people, the Telluride Education Foundation, as their nonprofit partner. And so people who want to support us philanthropically can do so with them they can also buy a $150 ticket and say we're good when they buy that ticket and that will be available in about a week or so I wish we could send you there right now but as Gavin said this is a little on the early side for us so we're still catching up that being said if you guys want to say hey here's the ticket and we're good that's great if you say here's the ticket I also want to donate easy to do through Telluride Education Foundation and any all support is really really appreciated and that's the last thing I want to say is like town of Telluride you guys rock I really so many of you are already donating housing already already suggesting guests already um excited on this festival and and i really hope to see you in the in the next month reach out to me questions originalthinkers.com you know i'm here really really happy and grateful to koto and gavin for having me on there hey well thank you for coming on (laughs) oh yeah gavin and uh listeners thank you for tuning in you heard it here go to originalthinkers.com uh, sign up for the newsletter bookmark the page whatever works for you because there are going to be some updates 
Uh, and you can learn how to volunteer, offer up a bed to a... Um, rad guest. To a rad guest. And, uh, yeah, get your tickets. Get involved. Um, that closes out our time this evening on Off the Record. David, thank you for coming in. What Gavin, a pleasure. What a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, and uh, listeners, you know, we'll be back next week. And Till then, it's going to be Pow Surf Radio coming in uh, right at 7. Should be. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. You're tuned into KOTO. Tell your ride.